Well, Mike, it's great to see you, and, and uh, welcome everyone to another episode of the Hector Mike Experience: Common Sense in an Uncommon World. And you know, we've got a we've got a new uh, a new person who just entered the race to challenge Gavin Newsom. It's uh, State Senator Brian Dolly from. Uh, he lives out in a town called Beaver, with 260 person population. Um, today, he put his hat in the ring, and uh, you know, it's kind of a nice, fiery speech that he gave. You know, he said, "Look, we've got a difference between a workhorse and a show pony." He uh, he said, "I'm not some smooth selling salesman, wine salesman." He goes, "I'm a farmer, someone who's going to get my hands dirty." And so, you've got a big contrast here. You know, within this race, you know, one of the difficult things that he said it's like it's going to be. David versus Goliath, the governor's got a tremendous amount of money in the bank. Um, Donald's going to have to raise his money. You know, he's got it in uh, in politics. You know, people can have money in so many different accounts, but the money he has right now is, I think it's in a ballot measure account where he has most of his money. So he's going to have to start fresh and new and raise money. Good for and, him. And that's a, that's a small task, but I mean, yeah, you're right. Good for him. He's putting his head in the ring. Well, a lot, of, a lot of people go around and just whine and complain um, or drink wine and complain, in Gavin's case. Um, but, you know, I mean, good, good for Brian Dolly for jumping into it. Yeah, he's got, a, he's got a long way to go. I'm sure, you know, his name ID isn't very high um, and he's got a ton of money to raise to be competitive. But you know what? I mean, um, there's no way you're going to win if you don't run. So, uh, you know, I think people are... After last year, people are probably still looking around for someone to carry the, the banner. Um, and, you know, and maybe even if he doesn't win, he, he somehow makes Gavin, you know, become more um, responsible. I mean, I think it's great. I, I, and, and I'm glad he decided to do it. I, I know there are people that are thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. It's February, whatever, and... It's time to start, start, stop thinking and start doing. Um, because even if you've run before or anything else, and even if you raised money before, it's still going to be an uphill challenge. But good for him for jumping into it, and and I think he does present a good contrast in a number of different ways um, to the governor. the The challenge is going to be for him to be able to use earned media to get the media's attention to make the media believe that. You know, he does have a shot at this and that he's a credible candidate. Raise some money to get his message out there and uh, and see what happens. Well, and, and you've got a big contrast here. You've got uh, Gavin Newsom, who has been really groomed for this position. You know, received a lot of getting money, um, was put in a lot of different circles in politics and just kind of really helped along the way to get to the point where he's at right now. And, you know, a lot of people out there would say, you know, with a silver spoon in his mouth. Um, to get him to this point, while well, you've got Dolly, who's a farmer, um, an individual who didn't graduate college, kind of worked his way, was, is a farmer, kind of built built up his own uh, land, and has been successful in his own right. But at the same time, you know, he's he's a guy who knows how to how to you know disassemble and and reconstruct an engine. Uh, someone who works on his tractors. It's funny you see even through his social media after he leaves the state legislature and goes up to his to his farm. On the weekend, he's out there plowing the land. Um, you know, he's got his kids working there on the farm too. You know, having them pay for their own school, but you know, and work and working that land. And so, it, it's it's a really big contrast to to what you've got the governor, you know, living behind a gated community, 
um, with all these, you know, guards and SUVs, you know, protecting them or taking them around where they need to go. And so it'll be, uh, if, if Dolly can go and raise some money, it'll, it'll certainly make for, for some interesting uh, ads out there. Um, where you've got really that, you know, the middle-class blue-collar worker, uh, pick him up from the bootstraps, not afraid to get his hands dirty. And you've got uh, Gavin on the other side. Here's what I would say. Um, you know, obviously, for anybody that doesn't know me, if you can't tell by the accent or the New England Patriot shirt, I'm not from California, okay? I was born and brought up in Providence, Rhode Island, where we had 13% registered Republicans. Um, you, number one, he's never going to outspend Gavin Newsom. I mean, that's that's a given. Um, number two, you know, I mean, he's got to do well with Republicans, but that's not going to get him anywhere close to the finish line. Number three, it's what, you know, what we used to do when I lived back east and we used to win in heavily Democrat states. You didn't just win Republicans, but you won independents and you peeled off some Democrats. And you did that with the right candidate that presented the right contrast. And, you know, someone who is not slick, Someone who may not have held, um, uh, you know, is kind of, as you said, the silver spoon in the mouth. Uh, someone who who has got some ability to, or inexperience getting your hands dirty. And I think someone who can bring people together, I think that's an important one. Because um, this state is very diverse, but there's, you know, there, there seems to be this certain... Um, uh, group or, you know, almost like a clutch of people that, that they all use to, to do the policy stuff. And so if you got someone who can actually roll up their hands, knows what to do, um, can bring people together, uh, you know, he's got to, he, he'll have a, a, a good message. Um, and it's going to take a while to get it through. And, uh, you know, you'll need a few breaks here and there. But again, you know, it's what I used to tell candidates back Back home in Rhode Island, I remember. I remember, I had one. The woman we were running against a four-term Democrat incumbent, Secretary of State, in my candidate, and she spent like four hundred fifty thousand dollars in Rhode Island, which was a lot of money back then. And you know, my candidate spent thirty-five grand on a TV ad I did for him the last weekend of the campaign, where we blew up a ballot and then put it back together, and she ended up winning. And and it was because you found the right message at the right time and you delivered it effectively. And and so, you know, don't, uh, is he a long shot? Yeah. Is he the David versus Goliath? Yeah. But you know what? Um, I won't count anybody out in this, in this uh, kind of political environment. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting, especially um, seeing, you know, seeing who else jumps in the race, obviously on the Republican side, and seeing what those debates end up being like if there, if there is anyone else jumping in the race. I know they've asked Larry Elder in, um, a couple of weeks ago whether he was going to Try to run again for governor, and he's in, he indicated nope, not, he's going to he's going to stay out. Right. So I think which it, I think is a smart decision. I mean, you know, he had a he had a run at it, um, and uh, he had it in probably the best opportunity and the best favorable environment where um, you know the the turnout was low, the mechanics of it was different. Um, you know, I think that was a smart decision by by Larry Elder. I think uh, he's got a good constituency and. Again, I, I like the idea of someone that gets their hands dirty. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, a lot of people that walk around in the $800 suits up in Sacramento uh, and they don't have any clue what their average person who's paying, you know, $4.50, $5 and, you know, a couple of places I've seen 6 bucks for gas. They have no concept of that. 
no concept of the challenge of being a small business person, no concept of, you know, having to be uh, in the agriculture business these day and age where you've got droughts and, and water restrictions. And then once even you do get your product to the to marketplace, you know, you've got challenges in supply chains. Having someone that has that experience, even though it's not sexy, I, I think is probably something that could resonate with people. Yeah, and, and the other thing too I, I like about this particular candidate is he's got something that a lot of previous people who run for governor didn't have, and it was always a knock on him, a knock on them. It was they they had maybe business experience, but then they're running it in the field of politics. Here you have someone who has been inside of politics, he has been a supervisor, he was in the state assembly, um, he was a, he was a leader in the state assembly, and then ran for the state senate and won, and is currently state senator. So. He understands how the budget works. He understands how government works. And at the same time, he's been on the outside as a small business owner. And so I think understanding that knowledge of how things work inside and out, it's going to alleviate a lot of the traps that have happened for other candidates, you know, like a Meg Whitman, for example, that, that comes to mind. And so, you know, the, the knock on her, I mean, well, a, a tremendous amount of success that she made. You know, it was always, you know, she didn't understand how government works and, you know, going out there making pronouncements on how you were going to make certain changes. And the same thing for, for Governor Schwarzenegger. You know, you're going to be able to blow up the boxes. And at the end of the day, you run into a buzzsaw, which is the labor unions. You run into a buzzsaw, which is the government itself. Right. And for him, he, he understands that. And he, he's, he also understands all the different audits that can be done and the power of a governor um, to make some sort of change. And so... Like I said, it would make for an interesting debate, make for an interesting race. It just, you know, it's got to just go out there, raise money so we get his message out there and uh, and bring more people into his camp. And shoe leather. And get out there and start meeting people and start telling them who you are and what you're about. I mean, I, that's one of the things here, too, is that, um, you know, you, you've, got to, you've got to make people believe and understand that you bring something to the table Regardless of party affiliation, you bring something to the table that's going to help their life, that's going to help make things better for them. Uh, and that's kind of that emotional connection a candidate always has to make, regardless of party affiliation. And, you know, that's why I say, I mean, someone that's not a dandy, <laughs> which is kind of like what Gavin is. I saw the picture of him over at the at SoFi Stadium, and, and I was like, who's that guy? I mean, you know, I, I recognize Garcetti, I recognize Magic. I even recognized the mayor of San Francisco, but I didn't realize that that was Garcia, I, that that was uh, that that was the governor. So, you know, you, you need someone that that uh, especially this day and age where you know people still might be looking for change. Uh, you bring you know the change is someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, that'd be a shock. Well, Mike, uh, let's let's see uh, let's see how Dolly Dolly does. But today was the day that he made the announcement. And, uh, you know, kind of uh, staying on the Republican side theme here, there was a little controversy that happened this past week. You've got the Republican National Committee, the membership, ended up censuring two members, two Republican members. And now you're kind of getting a little back and uh, all this going back and forth. Oh, it, it would have been news if they censured two Democrat members. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I spent a good number of years at the RNC, as you know. Um, and and it brought back memories because even before the days of Donald Trump, the RNC would, you know, pass these resolutions at their meetings and such. You know, I remember they passed one on the South China Sea once and it was like, 
you know, wow, I'm, I'm sure the Chinese are really going to pay attention to the Republican National Committee passing these things. Um, you know, I, I, I was not surprised because, number one, the RNC, uh, members of the RNC are usually even a little more conservative than their party faithful in their states. Um, and number two, you know, just the main fact that in 2020, there were a lot of new RNC members that were elected to their positions um, as a result of their participation in the, in the president's campaign. So, you know, you do have, you do have those folks that are there. Um, I was a little surprised at the response from uh, some Republicans in the Senate about it, because, again, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's not anything that's going to, no disrespect intended, shake the world. Um, you know, this election is going to be, if Republicans win, this election will be decided by how much you pay at the gas pump, how much you pay in the market, what you can and cannot find at the store, you know, the lack of, of supplies coming in and more importantly, the lack of supplies going out, production of U.S. products going out, um, you know, the, the safety of America in the world environment with, you know, whether it's Russia, the Ukraine, you know, what happened in Afghanistan, all of that kind of stuff is what's going to be the issue. It's, it's not going to be, um, uh, what's his name, Kinsinger and, and uh, Cheney. It's not going to be those two. Um, so, you know, I, it, to me, it's like every opportunity that you have, and, and I remember this was kind of the philosophy we had, which was do no harm. When you come together at your committee meetings, you know, focus on the things that people care about and use the meeting that you have as a platform to talk about things that are going to resonate with people, um, you know, and, and uh, instead of, you know, going out and, and making these these pronouncements, which, you know, I could I could tell you some stories about some of the proclamations and some of the resolutions they did. I, I'll just tell you one quick one. I remember we were honoring somebody who had passed away. This was classic. This was I was really stunned they didn't get fired over this actually. Um, <laughs> and and the person we were honoring, um, you know, we had the list and, and we'd written the the resolution. And, and one of the things that that person had received was a, uh, an award from the Log Cabin Republicans, which is the gay and lesbian organization within the Republican Party. And she had received an award for it. Um, and we had that in the resolution. And then in the resolutions committee, some of the ultra-conservatives took it out because they thought it was a tacit endorsement of the Log Cabins. And, and I remember with uh, uh, having uh, a side meeting in a room next to the main meeting with two national committee people and and my Italian just went through the roof. I was just yelling and screaming at these people and people like, you can't talk like this to committee members. It's like, I haven't seen anything so homophobic and on and on and on. I mean, that's the way some of these things are. So, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, it, it's you missed an opportunity to talk about the things that people that resonate with voters that are going to bring those Democrats that look and say, man, I didn't expect this in the last year. And those independents that may have been with Trump in 16 and left him in 20 and bring them back in the way Yunkum did down in Virginia, you miss an opportunity to talk. Anytime you miss an opportunity to talk about that and talk about something else, you, you've missed an opportunity. That's yeah, all I, I, I and you're right, I've gotten asked, and what it does is it gives an opportunity to the press to ask you questions to figure out a way to divide you even more. 
Right. And so, you know, I've gotten, I've got, I received that question, you know, and my response has been, well, like our households, you know, people are divided. You know, they're, you're not going to have agreement in, in, in one of our households. I said, you know, and, and look at, I mean, look at just the Kennedy family right now. There's a huge division within the Kennedy family over vaccinations. Yeah. You've got, you know, a Kennedy Jr. who doesn't believe in vaccinations, but yet you've got the other groups who do believe in vaccinations. I mean, you've got a huge right now dispute or, or problem right now between Bill Clinton and Eric Garcetti. You know, one of them said, I did inhale. The other one said, I did inhale, you know, and so... You know, it's like... <laughs> I thought they both didn't inhale. <laughs> no, wait a minute. No, one didn't inhale, one didn't exhale. That's that right. Like, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> they, both, they both inhaled, but only one exhaled. That was... One still turning blue. And, uh, I know. Garcetti, Garcetti made a huge mistake there. Let me just say this. Garcetti's running for ambassador. That's a good mic. Well, he, that's... He, he is running for ambassador. He's like trying to get himself out of... Like escape from LA, and well, yeah, that's that's the problem. He took. Sometimes politicians take advice too literally, and and when he said he wanted to be ambassador to Italy, I mean to to India, someone in the administration said, "Hey, dude, don't hold your breath," and so, <laughs> and so he took it literally. <laughs> that's what happened. That's my spin on Eric Garcetti. I mean, it's as good as Eric Garcetti's spin on. I'm not going to breathe the same air as Magic Johnson. Oh, um, what's, like, he, what's he thinking? I mean, it's like he, he looks like a buffoon. You know, at least you know, at least you know, Gavin Newsom is you know is going to lie. He's going to lie, right? And and you give it give it a good lie there, which he did. And you know, for most of the press, they ended up buying it. But I for Garcetti, it's like every time I take my picture, I just hold my breath. And that makes sure that, you know, we're not, I mean, it's just the absurdity it's, of it. So pick, your, so pick your poison. One is a liar, you know, and, and, and Gavin, because, again, you know, he, he says, well, you know, I only took it off of the picture with magic, and then they show him sitting in the seats, you know, with the mask off and a couple other pictures with the mask off, which you should expect. I mean, you know, you're in the, in the fancy pants seats at SoFi Stadium, you know, probably... I'm not sure. He, I'm sure he didn't pay for it, but you know what those ticket prices must have been for that championship game, uh, and so you got to figure there's going to be pictures there, uh, and he comes up with that line, or you got Garcetti's line, so you could choose between you know what's lying and what's stupid. I mean, you know, it's it's a great choice you have, L.A. <laughs> I know, and and like I said, the, the 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 thing for Garcetti is he's trying to escape from L.A. so badly. You know, he's trying to become ambassador and he's going through the, through the confirmation process right now. And there's like one thing after another. I mean, and, and it just makes him, it makes him seem like a fool. And it's like, you know, we're going to get a fool becoming an ambassador. Well, it won't be the first time. Yeah. How much, how much work he does over in India? How much work he does over in India? Who knows? Yes, we'll leave that story behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The ambassador passed out at his inauguration in, 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 in India because he forgot to breathe. Oh, man. Well, talk about like absurdity and stuff, Mike. Have you been uh, Have you been watching the Olympics? The what? The Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympics? Oh, they are? Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's 92 degrees here in Pasadena. I didn't know they were on. The Winter Olympics? The oh, winter the ones Olympics. in China. Yes. Oh, in China, yes, in China. No, I haven't. I actually haven't watched the Winter Olympics, and um, apparently, I'm not alone in that. 
uh, or not. I nor why. I, it, it, and talking, and the reason I brought ridiculousness is just all the rules are having like all the journalists they they issued over to the um, to the athletes. You know, don't take your cell phone, take burner phones because your phones will most likely get hacked. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're you know preventing individuals from being able to live tweet out of uh, out of China. And so you know, all, there's a lot of security, a lot of a lot of monitoring going around as to you know making sure you know there's a there's that other thing, making sure that none of the athletes or anyone else you know says anything disparaging about the Chinese government because you know and even Nancy Pelosi came out and said you know because we fear for the athletes' lives if they do. This what is it this. <laughs> The human spirit of competition. Right. <laughs> Take a knee. We want you to get back in one piece. I did see where the, and I, I don't remember her name, but there was a, one of the U.S. skiers had a terrible accident. Um, she broke her leg and, and it was pretty bad. And she tweeted a picture of herself in the hospital in, in China. And, you know, all I could think of was, please, American Red Cross, get, get, get her home as soon as possible. But, you know, that's, I mean, that's what happens when you have a communist country, you know, and a dictator. I mean, I know people, you know, sometimes here, you know, we have that thing about dictatorship and, you know, government's too strong and all this other stuff. But uh, the reality is that's, that's what you have in China. I mean, they control the media. Um, You know, I I heard the same thing. I saw one thing where there was, um, I think it was a a Norwegian or Finnish reporter who is doing a stand-up shot, and then, you know, some guy who's got the uh, patch on his arm that I guess means he's law enforcement, shuts him down and moves him out, and, you know, I initially thought the guy worked for Facebook when I saw him do that, but apparently he doesn't work for Facebook. It could be. Uh, but that's what, I mean, I don't know why why anybody would expect anything different. I mean, you know, that's that's the way it is. Um, and, uh you know, apparently that's the Olympic Committee had no problem going there. And uh, I, I think that's probably one of the reasons, you know, I don't think it's any disrespect to any of the athletes or the American athletes. It's probably just not, you know, high on, on people's lists. And, you know, it's it's still early. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is, you know, some of the sports they have are, are you know, crazy. I mean, there's the, the one where they go, they do... Uh, cross-country skiing, and then they stop and they start shooting. Um, you know, which I, I remember watching that one a few years ago, and I was like, I was having a heart attack watching the poor person do that. So, Yeah, well, well, well the, the ratings aren't, aren't, uh, aren't doing very well right now for NBC, who's carrying it. So we'll see how it, how it carries on forward. But, yeah. Like we, they, didn't yeah. Send, they didn't send, like, their A-team either, if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly. They didn't, like, send their A-team over there to uh to china to cover it they have a lot of folks back in the studio the one thing china did do is is uh what i've read anyway is that um they made snow they made snow (laughs) (laughs) they did make snow (laughs) fortunately the snow came from the nuclear power plant down the street but it was okay (laughs) they didn't need lights to light up the snow um, no, they, 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 from what I read anyway, they did a tremendous job in, in eradicating, uh, the COVID virus. Um, you know, I mean, at what, at what cost, who knows, but, um, you know, I just, it, it's just, uh, it's weird. I mean, you know, the, the, the winter Olympics, 
Um, you know, there's not that, I don't think in a lot of cases there's that same excitement ordinarily as there are for the Summer Olympics. And then, you know, you have it someplace over, you know, like there. It's, uh, you know, it's just a little weird. But you got to congratulate the ad. I mean, what these people do, I mean, think about it. The, the, the ice skater from Rochester, New York, who gets up every morning and has the same routine day in and day out, six or seven days a week at six in the morning, they go to the skating rink and they skate and skate and skate. And, you know, for the, for the opportunity to do this, um, I just feel bad that, you know, that they have to do it in China and not someplace better. So no. there, and right now the Chinese are coming through my front door. <laughs> well, I, I want to stay on the theme of, uh, of absolutely bizarre. I, I was, uh, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, and I, I've got to bring it up. Um, what is happening with the Brits out there? You know, they've got a, a zoo that is hiring, that has hired a Marvin Gaye impersonator to try to get the monkeys in the mood. And, uh, you know, this impersonator apparently is playing you know, songs like Let's Get It On and Sexual Healing uh, in order to try to get the females Kind of, you know, more enticed to uh, to want to have, you know, intercourse over with the male monkeys. <laughs> and that explains why Paul Revere and the, and the Patriots were able to beat the, the English back in 1776. Uh, can you imagine that poor guy that has to do that? How does he put that on his resume? <laughs> Successful project completed. Well, I got two monkeys to have sex. Okay, well, congratulations. Well, and, and the picture, and, and the picture we'll, we'll put a link over in the description. Oh, good. Yeah, let's put a picture up so our, so picture, our, so our relatives he, can see it. He's all dressed up in a suit. He's got his microphone in hand, and he's just, he's just performing. And there's like two monkeys out in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> well, just well, get a bigger banana. That'll get him going. <laughs> I don't know what this world is coming into, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there may be, I, I can't even think that there would be some logic to it. I, I, I guess the part that really I, I don't, besides all of it, I don't really understand is, why do you need to hire an impersonator? It's like the monkeys are going to look and say, hey, there's Marvin Gaye. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't get that. I mean, you know, if you want to play, if there's something that says the music is going to get him in the mood or something... You know, that, that's one thing, but why do you have to hire somebody that's an impersonator? I mean, the monkeys know who Marvin Gaye is? I mean, there are sm some smart monkeys in England. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe it's part of their Build Back Better plan where they get more people hired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if it was Tony Bennett, maybe I could understand, but <laughs> Engelbert Humperdinck, you know, maybe I could understand, but, you know, Marvin Gaye, I mean, poor Marvin, he must, he must be turning over in his grave, the poor guy. He's yeah. like, you know, he, he was a great, great singer. I mean, really good singer. But I just, the part I just don't get is is why they have to hire an impersonator. I don't know, man. Well, what's we don't monkey around in England. That's I guess that's the story there. Apparently, you don't. Well, the monkeys um, don't monkey around. What's your what's your what's your take on this weekend for the Super Bowl? Oh, I like the Rams. You yeah, like I, Rams? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Rams are a talented team. Um, you know, I think it, I think that, uh, you know, it'll be probably, I think it'll probably be a pretty high scoring game. Um, I believe, you know, I think they'll probably be, I think what they're going to do is, um, instead of the wave, 
you know, there'll be like one section just, and then, and then the next session. So, you know, they'll do the Garcetti instead of the wave. It'll be really interesting. Um, and, and what I'm most enjoy because neither the Buccaneers or the Patriots are there is the commercials. Yeah. Um, Arnold's in one of them. Oh, is he? Okay. He is in, he is in one of them. I saw the teaser for it the other day. Um, I had no idea what the product was that he was selling, but but he looked it was it was classic Arnold. Okay. It really was. Yeah, there's some there's some good ones coming out. Budweiser has a great one coming out. Okay. Won't, won't give it away, but Budweiser has a great one coming out. But what about you? I know you're a Rams guy. Yeah, I'm a Raiders guy. You're a Raiders guy. I'm yeah, Raiders. Hey, guy. let me tell you something. You guys got a good coach. Okay. You got Josh McDaniels from the Patriots going over there. Um, where do you see what Derek Carr can do? He's already a good quarterback. He's going to take it to the next level. He just my, has to get some receivers that stay and don't do crazy things at 3 o'clock in the morning. Or we don't lose a center during the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. next, or TJ, right? Yes, I remember that. <laughs> yes. it's like, I do, do remember you, that. How do you lose your center the day before Super Bowl in TJ? And they, yeah. I think they found him a couple of days later. They did. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he, was, he was with a Marvin Gaye impersonator. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, for my Raiders, I mean, they always seem to find a, a way to. I mean, it's like we believe in like penalties, it's like dumb penalties. They've always done that. I know. Since the 70s. It's, but it just it doesn't make sense. It's like, okay, the ball's in front of you. Why didn't anyone else do committing all these, you know, all these errors? And so, you know, it's just all these penalties after penalties. And so they always no, find they, a way to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. So they, they did a good job of, of picking themselves up this past year. Yeah. Uh, it was very impressive. And, and the coach that they had, the interim coach did a great job of bringing them together, um, but I think I think you'll see a different kind of team next year with a guy like McDaniel's. Yeah, I, I you know I think the Rams will end up taking it, but I'm I'm going to be rooting for Cincinnati. Um, you know, Ohio. underdog Ohio underdog team. Um, you know, you've got also a young quarterback is you know and who's, just, who's yeah who's just out there. And I, I love this one interview. You know, where they the, someone had asked them to you know sort of a picture of when you was a kid and say, so what would you tell this kid, um, you know, you now, you know, which is him, right? You, what would you tell this kid? Um, and he goes, you look like a winner. You know, it's like, that's, I love that attitude. I just no, love that attitude, you know? Yeah. He's it's got it. He's got the chip. He's yeah. got the chip on the shoulder. He, he reminds me a lot of, of uh, a young Brady in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he's, uh, well, tell that story of when, when you first, uh, when you first met Kraft. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he met, first met Bob Kraft and it was right after he had gotten drafted one ninety nine, and, you know, he went up to Mr. Kraft and he said, you know, I'm, I want to introduce myself. I'm Tom Brady. And, and Bob Kraft says, yep, I know you're a sixth round pick. And Brady said to him, and I'm going to be the best pick that you ever made. And, uh, you know, he was, and, and he did it by hard work uh, and perseverance and, and dedication because he didn't have the same God-given talent that, you know, some of these others have. Um, and I think Burrow is kind of the same way. He, he, you know, he believes that and he's young enough to have that kind of cocky chip on his shoulder and he's got some good receivers. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't put it past them to be able to pull the upset off. And, and and I love the underdog all the time. And so, plus, you know, I like Ohio State. Uh, go out there and watch some games. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be cheering for them. 
like I said, still think I still think it's it's the Rams to lose, but uh, yeah. but it should it should be a great game. I mean, the, the last couple several weeks of watching the NFL and some of the playoff games, this has been some of the best games I've ever I've ever seen. Yeah, I some mean, of the closest games come down to wire. Yeah, and most of you know most years you see you know one team is beating out another and it's kind of working its way through. But I mean, this this entire playoffs has just been amazing. Yeah, it really has been. It's been good for the NFL, yeah. um, even without even without the Tom there and, and the Patriots there, but it's been a, they've had, they've had a good run. They've had a good run with these, some of these games and, and halftime show is always a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, fortunately there won't be a Marvin Gaye impersonator, so we don't have to worry about people getting freaky up in section 323 <laughs> <laughs> with the Marvin Gaye impersonator. But, and you know, the LA zoo is not that far away. So, you know, it'd be a problem. Uh, but it should be it should be a great game and and uh, and and you know just as importantly too for the local area and the community a, a good shot in the arm economically. Yeah. Well, Mike, it's uh, like always. It's always a pleasure. It's always great getting together with you and and chatting it up as we always do and coming up with some random stuff that we we come across. Um, we did part of the show is common sense, which sometimes we have and sometimes we don't. But an uncommon world, I think we've clearly proven that this week. Yes. <laughs> so, Mike, I'll catch you. Uh, I'll catch you after the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll chat a little bit about that, and Sounds maybe we'll catch up with some of the commercials. Uh, yeah, the commercials are going to be something. Take, Take care, care everybody. Mike.